नमस्ते एवरीवन वेलकम टू द चारवक पॉडकास्ट दिस इज कुशल मेहराज सो टुडे विल बी अनदर मोनोलॉग व्हाई एम आई वेयरिंग द हेडफोन्स आई डोंट नीड द हेडफोन्स इट इज अ मोनोलॉग नाउ व्हाई एम आई ऑन द मोनोलॉग टुडे विल मेरी मर्जी इट्स जस्ट किडिंग सो आई हैड अ पॉडकास्ट लाइंड अप बट अनफॉर्चूनेटली द गेस्ट हैड टू रीशेड्यूल द गेस्ट वाज नॉट फीलिंग वेल सो आई वाज लाइक माइट एज़ वेल डू माय मोनोलॉग नाउ सो before uh, we start the subject of the day as always i would like to take this opportunity to thank everybody who joined the membership uh, in the last few days so if you are someone who has joined the membership program here is your moment when you get a shout out but before i take your names i just want to remind everyone who wants to join the membership program there are two ways that you can join the membership program there are two tiers one is called the seekers tier and one is called the speak with me tier in the seekers tier you get access to all the videos of the aryan invasion or in migration out of india hypothesis discussion and then currently we are discussing the rigveda if you join the speak with me tier you get everything in the seekers tier plus every month once you get a one and a half session ama session one and a half hour ama session with me uh, this month's ama will be held on the 1st of july because i just don't have the time in this month so immediately on the 1st i will have an ama of june on the 1st of july so if you're not a member you can still join and you can uh, avail the benefit of uh, that session um also i would like to uh, tell you that on top of all of that you also get access to the understanding and experiencing religion series which is uh, uh where i cover religious texts we are right now focusing on hindu texts so the first text we covered was the valmiki ramayan it is completely covered from chapter to chapter verse to verse that is already there so if you join right now you can actually access the entire valmiki ramayan as of now we are discussing the manusmriti i think we'll finish the manusmriti this year completely and start with another smriti we are going to do two more smritis after this and then we'll jump into some other religious text so there you go you can also buy the charvak podcast merchandise so you can go on kushalmehra.com/shop and buy the merchandise over there or you can go to kadakmerch.com and buy the merchandise over there it doesn't matter where you go now i want to give a shout out to all the members who have joined in the last few days so sccyt Naman Parashar, uh, Parul Goyal zero five one six. This is all on YouTube. Sandeep Kumar, uh, Arjun Ayer, uh, Soups S. Yep, these are the ones who have joined from the last monologue. Uh, a few people had joined on Patreon. Wait, let me check the Patreon ones too, because membership is there in different areas. This is on Patreon. There's on. Uh, on youtube so i have to open all of them up kahan gaya yaar ha it's opening so you have shri hari deepen and that's about it they have joined on patreon and on uh, on fanmo is there anybody who has just joined on fanmo no i think we're good on fanmo from the last time all right so let's get started with uh, um the discussion of the day so today's topic is the uniform civil code 
so the uniform civil code why am i talking about the uniform civil code uh, is because on the 14th of june the 22nd law commission of india gave an announcement they sought the views of religious organizations and the public on the issue of the uniform civil code this commission is going to be chaired by the former karnataka high court chief justice ritu rajavasti retired high court judge justice kt sankaran professor anand paliwal professor dp verma professor rakka arya and m karunanidhi these are the members the notice was issued by the commission so in for so 30 days from the 14th of june anybody who is interested and willing to present their views within the next 30 days you can do it you can approach them you can write to them you can do what you want to do so this was uh, the 22nd law commission's uh, guhar to the citizens of india where they said that the it, we are considering all the views of different sections of the society about the uniform civil code and you if you have any views on that you can share them now for the uninitiated uh, in case you wonder why is india having a discussion on the uniform civil code because you know you could be someone who is not indian who is not aware of indian politics and uh, you know must be wondering what the hell is this person talking about i came across his podcast on spotify on itunes or on youtube wherever and why is this uh, gentleman talking about a uniform civil code well for those people who do not know for the uninitiated ladies and gentlemen india does not have one civil law that governs and controls its entire population it has a single criminal law but when it comes to civil matters india has different civil laws for people of different denominations so muslims are governed by the sharia christians are governed by christian law which was i think the christian act 1872 and now if there are new renditions to the christian act i am i i understand that parsis are governed by parsi civic law um if there are any jews they will be covered by governed by rabbinical law uh if you have um, uh atheists they can get married under the special marriage act and all in all it is a mess india is a unique country which has allowed religions to have insane amounts of freedom but it's not just religions because in the early 50s or the mid 50s if i was to um if i was to say india did introduce something called the hindu code bill where a lot of laws which were misogynistic which were regressive of under for the hindu community were changed so when the indian government did bring about any reform in indian society it was only in the hindu society in fact there is still scope for reform in the hindu law too in my opinion but that is a separate matter but when it came to reforming the laws of minority religions in india minority a, uh, ie that is uh, 
Christians, Muslims, Parsis, Jews, many others, there was no reform brought. Zero. In fact, there's a very famous case of, uh, you know, Indian civil law history is the famous Shahbano case in the 1980s, where the Supreme Court had granted maintenance to a Muslim woman who had challenged her husband in the court of law. The court ruled her in in favor of Shahbano. And at that time, the then government, uh, the Congress government of Rajiv Gandhi, brought in the Muslim Protection Protection of Rights on Divorce Act 1986 to set aside, I repeat, to set aside the Shabano verdict, defending the applicability of Sharia laws under the Indian Constitution. That's what happened. So when the courts of India went ahead and tried to save Muslim women from regressive laws that deny them maintenance, that deny them equal inheritance, that deny them basic rights like not being divorced through Telegraph or Skype in 1986, the Indian parliament, the Indian legislature said that this is too much of an interference in the minority affairs and they drafted this law to protect the minority rights. So that is one of them. But, you know, talking about Muslim women and their rights is done regularly in India, if not by the left liberal circles, at least by the non-left circles constantly. The non-left, you know, the uh, triple talaq is no longer legal in India. Uh, 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 in the first term of the BJP government and uh, the Supreme Court did pass a judgment and then told the government to pass a law banning triple talaq. So before that, a few years ago in India, if you are a Muslim woman, you could literally be divorced by your husband over WhatsApp. And don't believe a word I am saying. Go and check any mainstream um, uh you know, newspaper of India, you will see cases where you have Muslim women being divorced through Skype, through Telegram, um, through WhatsApp, over Zoom calls. You, you can actually go and check these cases. The question is not whether the case is one or 100,000 or 1 million. The question is that law allows something as atrocious as triple talaq. That is the question. Then, obviously, there are other regressive practices when it comes to inheritance, which still exist when it comes to Muslim women. They do not get equal inheritance. There are other issues also pertaining, like the Dastardly Act, Act of um, uh, Nikah Halala. Uh, I mean, I, I feel disgusted even talking about a concept like Nikah Halala. So for the uninitiated, Nikah Halala is a practice which basically says that if you have been divorced by a Muslim man and you're a Muslim woman who's been divorced by a Muslim man, and then suddenly, for whatever reasons, they want to come back together, the Muslim woman has to marry someone else, consummate that marriage with someone else, then get divorced by that person and then that person can go back to the original husband from what I have understood and you can correct me if I'm wrong but this is what I understood by reading different papers on the understanding of Nikah Halala and if you think this is fine something is deeply wrong with you obviously there is uh, the problem of polygamy in India but uh, I also wanted to 
share uh, the official statistics of polygamy in India, it is often created as if it is only the Muslims that practice polygamy in India. It is not, not at all the truth. In fact, the National Family Health Survey 5, 2019 and 2020 uh, conducted a holistic um, survey uh, of uh, India and I am reading this and this is a, this was published in Indian Express. I think it was the premium version. So I am very sorry that you guys cannot read it. Uh, I can share the page for you guys. And what I'll do is I will uh, also copy the link and paste it it's so that if you are a premium, I don't know if it's a premium article or not. I have just uh, um, shared the and unfortunately, the whole uh, link also cannot uh, come into the the character limit uh, set by YouTube. So I apologize for the same. But uh, for the benefit of everyone, I'm going to put this on the screen. Uh, as you recover from the horrendous reality of Nikah Halala. But polygamy, prevalence of polygamy. The National Family Health Survey 5 uh, 2019-20 showed the prevalence of polygamy was 2.1% among Christians, 1.9% among Muslims, 1.3% among Hindus, and 1.6% among other religious groups. The data showed that the highest prevalence of polygynous marriages was in northeastern states with tribal population. A list of 40 districts with the highest polygyny rates was dominated by those with high tribal populations. Obviously, uh, as you see, this article says marriage in Islam is governed by the Sharia Act 1937. But like I said, I repeat once again, do not assume that polygamy in India was just, you know, there is the standard right-wing, uh, loosely called right-wing or whatever I call the Hindu side commentary that polygamy to ye to sirf musalmano mein hoti hai nahi sir sabse zyada polygamy India mein tribal mein hoti hai or tribal Christians mein hoti hai polygamy is a very common feature uh, in those communities now somebody might come back to me and say well a lot of people must not be reporting their polygamous marriages or existence of polygamy you can factor that in in the statistical analysis, but even then, it is not like polygamy is rampant in any community in India. At worst, it could be if it is 2% here, at worst, if you make it double or triple, it could be, you can do the math. It's not like the whole world has collapsed. So just the weight uh, of, um, you know, reality and modern day living comes down on uh, this, uh, this concept of polygamy. But Having said that, it exists in almost all communities in India, the least amongst Hindus, but it exists amongst Hindus too. So polygamy is not a stick you can beat the Muslims on with. If I am going to criticize something, I don't care how good or bad anybody feels. I'm going to state facts and I can only rely on data. And the data and the most accurate data in my view is the National Family Health Survey. That is the closest I can get. So when I looked at the National Family Health Survey data, this is something I found and I'm sharing it with you. All right. Now there is the question of Christian law. A lot of times I want to spend some time over here. 
everybody talks about sharia and 1937 sharia act and how muslim women are governed by sharia act i am not becoming an apologist for islam if you think i am no i think it is abhorrent that uh, such civil laws exist and sharia governs uh, uh, indian uh, <laughs> um, indian uh, civil unions when it comes to muslims i want by the way if you have any questions you can always use the super chat or the fanmo option i completely forgot to mention that but now i'll go back so the point here is nobody talks about the christian act 1872 christian marriage act 1872 nobody does not even a single person wants to talk about it nobody wants to talk about divorce laws and how divorce is almost next to impossible especially under catholics is next to impossible it is insane i i urge all of you to please go and read the divorce provisions under the catholic canon there is an old article not so old as in a few days ago this was written on the 31st of may 2023 in the outlook magazine it was called uniform civil code and christians across to bear i want to read an excerpt from the article the, the overall article is a monstrosity as you expect uh, but i will read it anyway i'm going to share it on the screen also as i always do so that you guys know my sources you guys know where i'm coming from uh this is the article the link is also on your screen right now as you are looking at it the horror that i felt when i read this article on the outlook magazine it was just insane so let's start priscilla female 48 had been married for 10 years Eight of these had been turbulent with domestic violence ruining her marriage. Two miscarriages, a fractured hand and a battered self-confidence. Priscilla left her married home in Mangalore and moved to live with an aunt in Mumbai. Since her parents too lived in Mangalore, the city was not an option to restart her life. Luckily for her, the man she had left behind did not follow her to Mumbai. For several years afterwards, she had thought of ending the marriage through legal recourse. She approached her church for a solution. this is where the fun stuff begins quote christian catholics cannot divorce the catholic church does not recognize divorce i wanted a clean break from that man says priscilla i repeat the quote christian catholics cannot divorce the catholic church does not recognize divorce i wanted a clean break from that man let this sink in let this reality sink in take your time if you are an audio listener and think what horror catholic women in india have to go through and ask yourself if you are a decent human being if you are a person i am not glorifying divorce what i am saying is 
that do women have the right to get out of a bad marriage or not if they are being abused as in the case of this woman priscilla for 8 years and they still cannot get out of it let's read further after waiting for several years priscilla was advised by a lawyer to file for divorce in the family court she did it and was ecstatic when the divorce came through but everyone hounded me and told me i was wrong they said i must go back to that man my lawyer gave me strength and i got a divorce through the court she says court now when i want to pray i go to any church in mumbai in the discourse on the uniform civil code there is a lot of bigotry in the discourse on the uniform civil code it is often used as a stick by bigots of all hues to beat on muslims in this entire process people forget that there are literally equally regressive if not more horrendous laws that are there in other religions i mean just think about it you think the parsis have it any better you should check the parsis and their ridiculous laws now you might say well they are a small community how does it matter how does it not matter tell me how does it not matter why does it not matter now it's very interesting that in 2017 the supreme court dismissed a plea uh, that sought recognition to divorce decrees passed by the ecclesiastical courts to catholic couples the supreme court did but in reality even today the catholic church has an unabashed control over the lives of christian women these are facts which you cannot deny which nobody can deny and it is an abomination muslim women christian women parsi women women of all religions they deserve to have equal rights L- let us take the case of the parsis did you know that if a parsi woman intermarried they lose all their rights did you know that you should go and check that because it's a very interesting article that i read about it was written by bachi karkaria see these are all my old articles that i i i make a folder and then i start keeping articles in different areas so this was the article from 2017 bachi karkaria times of india intermarry and be damned two parsi women challenge the bias so and i'm reading the article magnanimous parsi trusts are founded in the community's rubric of social justice parsi industries instituted labor welfare long before it was mandated but parsi women so seemingly liberated are yet to cite the constitutional guarantee of gender justice also at the heart of the triple talaq and shrine entry issues they are totally unequal in the emotive matter of intermarriage which accounts for 37% of all marriages in a community already burdened by never marrieds as many parsi men and women as women choose partners from outside the fast depleting pool 
but a woman daring to do so is accused of sedition and heresy because her selfish act jeopardizes community and religion. Her children are lost to both, not so those of intermarried Parsi male. I repeat, a woman daring to do so, daring to, to, to intermarry, is accused of sedition and heresy because of her selfish act jeopardizes community and religion. Think about it. Now, the Parsi community is a very small community. And they have a great image, which they deserve to a very, very large extent. But does any normal human being who has any ounce of sensibility, can any person justify something as ridiculous as this? Can they allow this? Now, when I have shared all these problems, I want to come back to the issue of why we need a uniform civil code. Well, any mature society or democracy should have a uniform civil code. It doesn't matter which part of the world you live. I don't care what religion you are. But if you are living in a modern nation state, you should be governed by modern laws. Now, there are some, uh, you know, you know, perturbations amongst the minority communities that this will be majority domination on us. I don't understand how. I think these are just fake arguments, phony arguments made by the usual suspects uh, who are men, by and large, who want to control their, uh, have their control over women in their respective communities. In the case of some uh, reservations shown by certain quote-unquote trags of the Hindu community that... Uh, a uniform civil code will be an attack on Hindu dharma. I have never understood how a uniform civil code will be an attack on their Hindu dharma because all the uniform civil code is there for is inheritance, divorce, and that's about it. And equal rights for women. That's about it. That's the main core of a uniform civil code. So if that is the case, what has that got to do with an attack on Hindu dharma? It has nothing to do with it. Or you should come out openly like the mullahs do and say, Bhai, amare religion mein to aise hi hai. Hum to regressive log hai. Humko to aurto ko dabane ko achcha lagta hai. To hum to dabayenge aurto ko aur tum humko rok nahi sakte ho. Or be more honest like the mullahs are. Don't use word salads. To all those Hindu trads who oppose the uniform civil code and try to act smart and, you know, use these, you know, weasel words to get out of a debate, I am sorry. Say it like it is. This is why I have more respect for the mullah. At least the mullah comes and speaks his mind. The Hindu trad uses word salads. But irrespective of what they say, the Uniform Civil Code will come. When it will come, I don't know. Most probably I'm thinking that a monsoon session is not going to So maybe in the winter session, the parliament will present the Uniform Civil Code bill. Any decent society, any society that has even a modicum of honesty and civility should have a Uniform Civil Code. 
any society that believes that women are not tilth, that women are not cattle, women are not baby-making machines, should have a uniform civil code. As far as the attack on rituals, the government doesn't care about your rituals. The government could care less about how you do your marriage. You can do your marriage like this. You can do your marriage like this. You can dance around. You can do what you want to do. The government won't care about that. Well, in the case of the Hindu government, you can never know because the Hindus uh, even have to be told by the government how many inchi ki murti they kept and keep in the Ganesh Chaturthi. So I understand where you're coming from. But still, it does not mean that the uniform civil code at a fundamental level is a bad idea. It is a very good idea. It is an idea that should have been enacted as per the directive principles of the Constitution of India, which said we shall have a uniform civil code. It should have been formulated in 1955, where instead of the Hindu code bill, we should have had a uniform civil code then. And it is the mistake of the then Prime Minister of India. And then it is the mistake of every single successive Prime Minister of India that we have not gotten a uniform civil code. Uh, the BJP under Vajpayee could never get it is they just did not have the numbers because if they would have tried this, their allies would have pulled the, you know, um, pulled the support and the government would have fallen. But the Narendra Modi government should have done it in their first uh, term. They did not do it in their first term, but they better do it now because it is the right thing to do. You cannot create a system where Crores of women, not chalo, Hindu women were saved because of the Hindu code bill. But even if I look at the population of Muslims as 20 crores, at least 9 crore Muslim women exist. 11 crore admi honge kyunki gender ratio thoda hila hua hai. Main assume kar raho. 9 crore to aurte hongi. Kuch crore Muslim uh, Christian hongi. 10 crore, 11 crore, 12 crore aurto ke liye hum unko chhod de aren't they citizens of India I am not saying the Hindu law is perfect it has problems, it has to be refined but the point is it is far better than the Sharia Act 1937 and the Christian Marriage Act 1872 are we saying those crores of women they don't deserve any rights. They don't deserve any protection. They don't deserve anything whatsoever. Are you guys insane? You have to get real. Please get real. Do not say things that cannot make sense. Uniform civil code is a moral responsibility of the government of India and every well-meaning citizen, whether on the left, the non-left, the Marxist side or whatever side you are on, it is your moral responsibility to stand up and support a uniform civil code. And to say that the BJP bringing a uniform civil code is problematic is the worst argument you can give. This is like saying, if the BJP starts saying that the earth is not flat, I will start believing in a flat earth because the BJP is saying that. I am sorry, this is a ridiculous argument. You are wrong. The Uniform Civil Code 
should come. And if you don't want a uniform civil court, then the least the government can do is every single regressive practice under every single civil law in India has to be declared null and void. So when it comes to divorce practices under the Christian Act, they have to be declared null and void. So under Sharia, Nikah, Halala, inheritance, everything has to be declared null and void. So it will be a uniform civil code by subterfuge. Or if the central government cannot do it, I urge the, the states that are governed by the BJP at least to enact uniform civil code in their own states for, uh, for goodness sake. And the Goa one is not a good code. The Goa one was done by the Portuguese at that time and that code is not impressive. In fact, you should, you should go and read the Goa code and you will be like, what the hell is this? It, that's not ideal either. We need a new law that looks at new realities and is based on, you know, realities of today. So please get your act in, uh, you know, uh, you know, get your house in order, get your shit together and support sensible laws. If you have any, you know, uh, reservations about your rituals, that, that argument itself is a red herring because the code has something to do with divorce, inheritance and things like that. It has nothing to do with your rituals. I mean, if there is a ritual of female genital mutilation, why do you want it to be legal is something I'm really interested in knowing. Like that ritual should be banned. And that ritual should be banned irrespective of whether we have a uniform civil code or not. But the uniform civil code per se has nothing to do with your rituals. This is an argument that is presented by some people in the conservative Muslim Hindu Christian side just to maintain their hegemony on women in society. They get petrified by the fact that women have law laws that protect them. They get petrified by the fact that, oh my God, if women are free to do what they want to do, society will collapse. Well, women are not obliged to function under your whims and fancies. They will do what they want to do. Tumko itni padi hai, to tum sudro na. Aurto ke upar kyo dabaab dalte ho? I will end it here. It's 35 minutes. I will look at the super chats and then I will look at your regular questions. If I find anything interesting in the regular comments, I will make, make my answers to that. But if you want me to answer, it should be the super chat. So I do have this. How will the Hindu code bill and HUF be affected by UCC? Now I'm assuming, so HUF is basically for people who don't know, uh, it is called the Hindu Undivided Family and under that apparently the Hindu Undivided Family gets some tax benefits. Now, if you ask me, I think if a uniform civil code comes, the HUF is naturally going to go. So that's uh, quite an obvious thing and who cares? What are your honest thoughts on JSD decoloniality aside? I've never said anything negative about JSD at a personal level. I have only criticized the, the idea of decoloniality. And that too, I have not criticized him because he's not a theoretician of decoloniality. 
I have criticized decoloniality. It is you, the people who have, you know, as a stamp layer decoloniality or uske mathe pe mar diya. Tu decoloniality hai. So it is a you problem. It is not a me problem. I have never said anything about GSD at a personal level. If I have, show me. I have criticized decoloniality. I have criticized certain passages from his book. That's about it. I've never said anything personal about him. And he knows that very well. I mean, we have, we are pretty much clear on that. But it's you guys who are the problem. You guys are the Sasta gossipers who believe that Sasta gossip is fun. It doesn't bother us. Neither him nor me. Does any Hindu org have an impact on SB403? I'm assuming you're talking about the caste bill over here. Um, well, there are multiple organizations that are uh, talking to the powers that be over here. Uh, Hindu American Foundation is. The Coalition of Hindus of North America is. Then there are other Hindu organizations that are approaching lawmakers too. So, uh, I mean, what impact they are having. Impact can only be measured over a long time period. At a short term period, it's very hard to measure impact. So I don't know how to answer that question that you have asked. Banning four wives or polygamy is against Islam and Sharia. Muslims will take it as an excuse as violation of constitution because the right of religion is more than the UCC. They are waiting for blood. Uh, no. Uh, the triple talaq ke time pe bhi, a similar argument was given, but the triple talaq did go. Uh, the constitution and the law is very clear and the courts have come heavily on this. Remember, even during the Shahbano time, it was the Congress government that brought the legislative option in 1986. The court sided with Shabano. So the, if the government of the day has the will and the wherewithal to do the right thing, the constitution or anything that is written in the constitution is going to be pro-women and not the other way around. So auto I, I think you are wrong. On what basis will the uh, Uniform Civil Code define what practices are regressive? I think most common law is based on the harm principle where... Uh, I mean, I have mentioned the harm principle multiple times. You do, I am not going to mention it again over here. But I think common law functions around that. And they go from that. Where uh, as long as uh, my my behavioral patterns don't encroach your rights. Uh, for example, uh, drinking and driving. Why is drinking and driving banned? Uh, because you are going to harm other people. So if a personal religious law... Uh, comes on in the way of uh, the rights of women or men, that law will go. It's very simple and nothing can stop that. Believe me, it is about political will and nothing else. Because our governments of the day lack the political will till now, the Uniform Civil Code was not a reality in India. And uh, in the entire discourse of the Uniform Civil Code, I know the Muslim community was always used as an example Nobody was talking about the Catholic community and the dastardly divorce provisions they have. Nobody is. And we should. I, I guess uh, I'm one of the rare species who has. Very few people do. Because nobody wants to talk. Because I think there is a lot of anti-Muslim bigotry. And it is very convenient to say bad things about Muslims all the time. When th that should never be an argument. The argument should be that Muslim women deserve equality. That's the only argument that matters. Everything else is rubbish. 
द ओनली थिंग दैट मैटर्स इज वॉट डू मुस्लिम वीमेन गो थ्रू और क्रिश्चियन वीमेन गो थ्रू और पारसी वीमेन गो थ्रू एंड दैट नीड्स टू बी करेक्टेड एंड केयर्स वॉट द रिलीजन सेज रिलीजन्स कैन बी रॉन्ग to assume that religions are the wisdom uh, and the be all and end all of everything no they are not religions were written by ancient human beings i'm sorry god did not come up with religion i know religious people think god did especially the monotheistic ones i have news for you no just read your damn text it is clear it is written by humans and that too by man man who wanted to control women it is so obvious when you look at the damn religion itself and it's hilarious it is hilarious the amount of times you know and i even tweeted about this the amount of times i listen to this rubbish from otherwise normal sane people where they say oh my god if this movie kashmir files comes out this will happen oh my god if this movie pk comes out this will happen oh my god if this movie kerala story comes out this will happen oh my god if this song comes out people will be corrupted but i have never heard these same people say oh my god if quran 9.34 says one can lightly hit the woman nothing will happen Oh my God! If the Manuspriti chapter number five, verse number so and so says this, nothing is going to be done to the Shudra. Oh my God! If the Old Testament Leviticus says something about the homosexuals, nothing is going to happen. Their religion is pure and pious. The religion that is consumed by the maximum number of people and the religious text that has been read by them apparently that doesn't brainwash them, but a movie does, a song does. it's 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 hilarious to say the least that people come up with absolute rubbish to defend their religions absolute rubbish okay there are a few more questions what would sanatan dharma ideal say about ucc i'm not a sanatan dharma speaker i am a modernist so what sanatan dharma would say about ucc in today's world should not matter because laws should be secular laws should not be religious there will be some uh civilizational smattering on the law in every country like there is in every country in the world but by and large law should be secular is my my take Sainarain thank you for becoming a member welcome to the charvak podcast family okay this super chat i cannot share on the screen so i'm not going to it is abusive so i will not share it mm. okay in the meantime let me go through other comments in the live stream i'm going to start right from top and uh, if you guys ask a super chat question it will automatically pop up in the other window so you can go ahead and ask your questions i can flip to the super chat anytime i want luckily now we have this feature thanks to the new updates in streamyard otherwise previously i had to struggle a lot but now i don't have to which is uh, good mm. Mm. 
okay is it true that the common law has christian abrahamic roots if yes isn't that bias um some aspects of the common law do have christian roots but uh, uh that is half the story because what people don't tell you is that the modern secular law was a rebuttal to those christian ethics and a lot of those things have been corrected in most western countries not in india the problem is you are suffering from the old roots not others they secularized and moved forward what happened to the aim versus jsd debate who backed out am i the referee why are you asking me this question i'm not supposed to answer it how is ucc going to impact hindu community well that question needs to be answered by people who think it will impact them not by me because i don't think it will impact the hindu community at all so i am not obliged to answer that question at all Mm. Okay, let's see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is the manuspriti full of crap or is there good are there good things too very simple become a member look at the discussions that i do of the manuspriti and decide for yourself mm Mm-hmm. Discussion on the UCC is merely to divert public gaze from government misgivings and failures. This is rubbish. Um, it has not based in any reality. Uh, the Bharatiya Janata Party and its manifesto has always spoken about a UCC. And it is going about enacting what it has spoken about so as always this is what i call speaking out of your ass uh, so yep there you go should there be a national referendum on ucc if it is it was done what is your view if you had to guess would be the percentage of supporters of ucc in india uh, there was a survey done yaar i forgot you'll have at 60 to 70% support but i don't believe referendum is the way to go about it this direct democracy tomorrow what if should there be a referendum of declaring x person as second class citizen do you believe in things like that i believe the referendum way is just ridiculous i know some scandinavian nations uh, do these kinds of stupid things but let them do it ucc matter is only about family laws or is it better bigger than this i think it is only about family laws it is nothing but uh, it has been it has been projected as something bigger than it
No real questions. Uh, what is the benefit of UCC to Hindus? Well, what is the benefit of UCC to Hindus? Why this this question itself is a red herring because it looks at people as Hindus and Muslims. You have to look at the people as individuals and citizens of India. It doesn't matter. Tomorrow, what is the benefit of removing the triple talaq to Hindus is a bad answer. By because uh, it harms Muslim women and they are citizens of India and we should care about them too. So either you think Muslims are not citizens or people, then you are dehumanizing an entire set of people and then there is something seriously wrong with you. See you people using abusive words a lot. My view is that people are insensitive towards women. Oh, I did not understand that. Mm, let's see. Have I read Religion for Atheists by Alain de Botton? No, I have not. So many religious rulings are clearly misogynistic. Apologists have to do hilarious verbal gymnastics to defend the indefensible. That's exactly my point. That the amount of um, uh, mental gymnastics that these people indulge in are just ridiculous. Uh, Bharatin Bharatam, I don't have any questions, so I can't ask your question. Can UCC be revoked if a new government came in the future? It's very hard. Just like Article 370 won't be revoked when a new government came. Once it goes through the process of the Lok Sabha and the Rajya Sabha with a certain level of majority, then it's very hard. Please bring Asli Mehra with good internet more often for legal discussions. Also, happy birthday. Mera birthday kabhi aagya? Mera birthday aaj? Mujhe bhi nahi mera birthday hai. Kamal hai? किसी ने सिर्फ मेरा नाम लिखा है कुशल हम्म 
if modi learned from ca implement ucc in states i don't see any problem in states implementing ucc first i think uttarakhand is already in the process up might do it too goa already has that shitty law so so someone has said if women muslim women don't care about their rights why should we well would you say that for hindu women too and the hindu code will 1955 how many hindu women were uh, in a position of power to actually fight for it in the 1950s would you say that for hindu women i'm assuming you're a hindu woman would you say that too so it's not like that is the uniform civil code a threat to reservations what has reservations got to do with the uniform civil code uniform civil code is about your personal laws reservations has nothing to do with that why are all of you so imp- uh, obsessed with reservations uh, how is manud smriti religions uh, you have any doubt the dharma shastras and the dharma sutras are part of your religious pantheon well then you clearly don't have not read your own religion then you should uh, in fact even uh, serious hindu scholars and gurus uh, use the manusmriti as a religious uh, text i mean i'm sorry to remind you i can show you shankaracharya stating that like on a proper video in hindi so i'm not saying it they are this is a very good question what will be the consequences of ucc on tribal people uh it depends on which tribals you're talking about and what practices you're talking about Uh, what are your views on goa's ucc and probably uttarakhand ucc goa's ucc i did say it is not impressive i think it needs a lot of changes um uttarakhand i have not read the entire bill it is still in the process of back and forth so once it becomes a f- finality then we can discuss it but it's 1000 times better than what we have in goa demographic change is related to ucc or will it in future i did not understand your question it is very incomplete 
Shruti takes precedence before Smriti. Yes, but uh, a lot of things that uh, entail your personal laws, the Shrutis are absolutely silent about it. This is coming from a person, me, who has actually read the Rig Veda. And not once, but many times. And not just one translation, multiple translations. The Vedas are absolutely silent on those things. Which is why you will always have to go to the Shastras and the Sutras for those things. And that's when the problems will come. So like it or not, this is a reality. So if you will go for uh, the, the thing with the Hindu code bill is the Hindu code bill. In fact, there is a very famous paper of uh, the discussions that happened on the Hindu code bill. A very famous paper that was on the Hindu code bill. Uh, unfortunately, most of you, I, I say this with no condescension that most Hindus don't know anything about their own own society, uh, their own reality, anything. They basically don't know. There was a very famous paper that was uh, you know, presented in the 70s about the Hindu code bill and how there were multiple discussions that were held about the Hindu code bill and basically uh, people were kind of shocked that these things had happened and you know another classic trope that was peddled by quote unquote uh, the trad side was that there was no discussion the Hindu code bill was just thrust upon the people no no there was a discussion before independence to after independence there were discussions time and again on the Hindu code bill and in fact, one of the starting uh, words of that detailed paper on the Hindu code bill said that how the different Smritis have different answers on inheritance rights. When they actually started looking at them, they're like, Salam, kisko follow karein? Manu ek cheez bolta hai, Parshara ek cheez bolta hai, Yadnewal ke ek cheez bolta hai, to humko to humara law formulate karna hi padega. These are brutal realities. I am not making these things up. I just happen to read them. On the other hand, you guys don't read, which is why you have these imaginary things which you listen to on YouTube from rhetoricians. Because they don't tell you the truth. Because the truth is brutal. The truth is that religions have given women a raw deal. And kudos to the Hindus who formulated the Hindu code bill. But the reality doesn't change because of that. I mean, what do you want me to do? I didn't make it up. Weren't the same Muslim women fighting to implement Sharia in the Karnataka hijab issue? Why bad for them? Uh, I don't know if they were the same. Like there was the Bharat Muslim Mahila Manch, Muslim Mahila Manch that had filed a petition of the triple talaq to remove triple talaq. And the same Manch fights for other rights for Muslim women also. So I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, thank you, Aditya Pratap Singh. So you should actually go and read that bill on the Hindu code bill. It's, it's actually shocking for me that most of you don't know about that bill. I, I personally find it shocking. I unfortunately am not able to um, bring that uh, PDF up right now because it is somewhere in my laptop and 
I tried to search, um, but I'm not able to find it right now. I'm really sorry about it. Otherwise, I would have literally read the first opening paragraph of that that discussion on the Hindu Code Bill, and you would have, you know, you sh- you should wonder and ask yourself, like, what the hell are we talking about? It is so bereft of reality the discussions that happen in India. About all these issues, sometimes I wonder ki log padte nahi hai. And everybody just lies. Everybody lies and lies with such ease on social media. It is because you you just don't have anybody questioning you back because you have these individual silos and fan clubs. And you just don't get challenged mentally. So it's very convenient to feel good about everything. Ki ha, everything is good. Everything is hunky-dory. Let us all hold hands and sing Kumbaya and all that rubbish. It's not so easy. It is very hard being a woman. And religions have made it really hard for women. After that also women are religious, which is hilarious if you ask me. And per uh, per capita, on average, more religious than men. Insane, if you ask me. But that's their life. They chose it, not me. But it doesn't mean I will not speak about what is right and what is wrong and what is the thing that should be done for women. I, I, I don't care about, uh, you know, sentiments. I say what I have to say. If people disagree with me, fine. I don't care. I have never uh, kind of uh, placed my uh, thoughts uh, on the basis of whether I will uh, gain followers or whether I will lose followers. Great. I finally got that paper. The story of the Hindu code bill, G.R. Rajagopal, the Journal of the Indian Law Institute, October, December 1975, volume 17, number 4. All right, published by the Indian Law Institute. I want to read something from it. It has been correctly observed that in the olden days, the task of codifying the Hindu law from time to time was performed by successive lawgivers and commentators who by a judicious process of selection and exposition of the ancient text molded the law to the needs of the time while appearing to make no change. There are many instances of this process in Hindu law. One of them, which is very striking, has been referred to in the Rao Committee's report on Hindu laws as follows. Quote, The author of Mitakshara Vidnyareshwara, in dealing with the right of a widow to inherit the property of her sonless husband, opens with the text of Yadnevalkya, which admits of that right. But he finds several other texts, including one of Manu, which are not in the widow's favor. The commentator, thus confronted with conflicting texts, explains away Manu and the others as referring to the cases where the husband was joined with the co-parsoners at the time of his death and takes Yajnavalkya as referring to other cases. He then declares it to be a settled rule that the widow is the heir in these other cases. In the very next section, he has to deal with the right of the daughter's son to inherit to his maternal grandfather. Here, he finds the authorities reversed. Yajnavalkya makes no mention of the daughter's son while Manu in his is in his favor. This time, Vigneshwara prefers Manu and by an unsurpassed feat of exposition, reconciles the text of Yajnavalke with Manu's views. Thus, Yajnavalke's text reads, quote, the wife and the daughter also, etc. By the import of the particle 
also says vigneshwara the daughter son who is not mentioned in the text at all succeeds to the estate on the failure of daughters my point here is why am i using this this paper is there were discussions on the hindu code bill there have been discussions in the indian society it has been going on for a while please please stop lying to yourselves please don't lie to yourselves do not lie to yourself these discussions did happen they happened for a long time when it comes to these things it started before the british britishers left india like the hindu inheritance removal of disabilities act 1928 removed disqualifications based on disease deformity or physical and mental defect for the purposes of succession the hindu gains of learning act 1930 provided that any acquisition of property made by a hindu member by a member of the hindu undivided family by means of learning shall be his own property and not the property of co-parsners the hindu women's rights to property act 1937 was enacted because it felt that a hindu widow deserved better treatment than was given to her under the old law in the matter of succession there were a lot of discussions lot of bills that were uh, presented uh one was presented by akhil chandra datta it in, it was introduced in the central legislative assembly on february 18th 1939 and it was called to, it was basically for an amendment to the hindu women's right to property act 1937 and it gave, sought to give a right of inheritance to daughters these things were happening even when the british governed india to so to say there was no such discussion happening in the hindu fold is just a lie please don't lie divorce laws in india favor women a lot will ucc bring equality for both sexes with respect to divorce laws so both sexes do not feel disenfranchised so so i i'm not trying to be condescending again i'm genuinely asking you so what parts would you find uh, unequal is my first question and what would you want to do to correct them is my second question uh i would personally hope that finally uh, uh ucc also brings gender neutral laws in india because uh, india also does not recognize men can be raped i think a lot of issues exist in the indian mindset and the indian psyche when it comes to these laws and i i actually empathize with you in that department but i don't know what you mean laws against men so i don't know what you're saying devil's advocate won't bringing in ucc increase the number of love jihad cases i mean how you are making the point you have to show how it increases you have to write a paper and then i can read it will the ucc also help in implementation of population control law and what's next bill will be coming nrcca free hindu temples well uh, the bjp has to answer that not me as far as the population control bill that has to be the stupidest idea in the history of human race because birth rates are falling of all communities and you don't need a population control bill it will be monumentally stupid to bring it in personally please make a video uh, with am on what someone in 20 should learn upskill and prepare for docs like licenses degrees uh, i don't think so abhijit would be interested in something like that 
while the ucc is being discussed should the government also look into the misuse of 498a or anti dowry law which also extends to mental distress to the women does this fall under hindu code bill now that law has been uh, read down significantly pehle usme agar aapko charge kiya jata tha so it was uh, non bailable now it is bailable so that law has been changed in that sense um but unfortunately in we live in two indias the rural india is very different from the urban india and sometimes uh, people make laws on the basis of rural realities and in that process uh, they get misused in urban india and i completely empathize with those people so that is the issue smritis are created at various points of times based on the social realities of that time they are always subjected to and meant to change these are not god's commandment compared to it doesn't matter the hindu traditionalist wants you to follow the hindu dharma shastras and dharma sutras i don't say it they say it go fight with them not with me yes you will be compared with uh, Uh, the abrahamic religions in the sense that when it comes to matters of inheritance marriage and all those things the monotheistic texts have clubbed it all in that one book but when it comes to the hindu religion they have all clubbed it in the smritis i did not make it hindus made it go fight with those people or say it with me the hindu code bill is the good thing and similarly all other religions should now be brought under a one uniform civil code good no issues thumbs up to that Okay, I don't know why people spam. It only creates problems for people and me, and I cannot read their messages. Okay, good for you. Okay. Who's asking question now? I meant women are always given custody of children, dowry case, and marital rape case, imprisonment without questioning. Even if a woman is richer, the husband is meant to pay. And I think those things need to be reconsidered and um, and looked at. i think the law needs to update itself on that you will always have my support the law has to be equal and fair
Okay, let's see. Any other comment? Okay, spammers. Haris Sultan ke saath kabhi podcast karne wale ho. Actually, main karne wala tha. Fir baad mein thoda delay ho gaya. Ham log ne ek podcast karni hai. Maine aur Haris ne. Karenge ham log. Karne wale ham log. Hoegi wo podcast. Hmm, or kya question hai? I think I've covered all your questions. Baki to useless comments hai. Mere ko itne logo ko incessant typing ke liye temporarily ban karna pada. Useless typing ke liye. Hmm. Or questions dekh raho main. I'm not able to find any questions. Is UCC going to give men right to adopt a child? In fact, this is a huge problem in India. Adoption laws are terrible in India, my dear friends. People don't realize this. Adoption laws in India are terrible. I will, in fact, uh, go uh, about doing a detailed podcast on this someday. And... um, I want to focus on adoption as a subject separately. How adoption is a a good thing and why we should have better laws in India. I think we really have made it hard for Indians to adopt. And in many cases, most people uh, cannot uh, even adopt because the state makes it so hard to adopt a child. So that is something that needs a dedicated podcast with a person that actually is an expert. I'm looking for someone who's an expert for a long time. Because what happens is sometimes many people write very well. They don't speak very well. So then you have to cancel them. Some are very good at speaking, but not very good at articulating their uh, their thoughts in a systematized way. So I've been struggling. So <coughs> Okay. Uh, if my grandfather is Muslim, mother is Christian, and great grandfather is Hindu, I might be waiting for UCC to get married. No, you still can use the Special Marriage Act and get married. I know you are trying to crack a very nice joke, but that joke was not very nice because you have the Special Marriage Act. If you did not know, sir or madam, or something in between. Hmm. Okay. Your views on HBS made a rebuttal to Obama's statement simultaneously on the way financial. Obviously, the finance minister's uh, rebuttal was more articulate. Uh, 
there's no two ways about it Mm. Mm. okay i think i've covered all your questions there are no more questions now and uh, it seems uh, everything is uh, clear and i've covered as much as i could nothing else is there let me see yeah there is no fanmo question either none that i missed it in fanmo so yeah i think i've covered it all mhm we can wrap it up all right people then uh, we will wrap up today's uh, podcast so once again thank you very much for your questions i tried my best to answer all of them and if i could not uh, i apologize in advance but uh, uh if you are someone who believes in women's rights and equality i think you should support the uniform civil code it doesn't matter which political party you support but uh, principally you should be for the uniform civil code if you're not then i don't know what to do um it is a good thing it is for women's rights and any reasonable human being should support a uniform civil code in india and keep supporting the charvak podcast uh i've always said this this is a member driven podcast so if you can please become a member of this podcast you can become a member on youtube on fanmo on uh, patreon you can also buy the charvak podcast merchandise just visit kushalmehra.com or go on kadak merch and buy the merchandise you can send your donations also if you want to send them directly via upi and uh, if you are an audio listener because now the monologues are also available on the audio only option you can leave a rating on spotify itunes audible google podcast wherever you are or if you there is a option to leave a comment please do leave a comment uh, you know that those those also help uh, the podcast and uh, keep supporting heterodoxy keep supporting the idea of um, um thinking out of the box and i will see you guys next time with uh, another discussion until then namaste take care bye